All right, folks, welcome back to Life's Mountain with Swire Football Podcast Edition. You know where to find us, mwwire.com, Twitter, Facebook, all that great stuff, Mountain with Swire, MWCWire, MWWire. Just search, you know where to find us. And we're talking week eight recap. Jeremy Moss here. Not, again, not joined by Matt Kennerly. He has taken a little vacay down to, uh, eh, he just wasn't around this weekend. I think he took a trip out to Disneyland, I believe. So well-deserved. Disneyland's always fun, so you get me. So if you enjoy it, keep listening. If not, well, you can pause or <laughs> we got to download or wait until Matt comes back. So this show may be a little bit shorter because, hey, going solo is um, it's a little tricky. It's not as simple or as easy. You don't have the back and forth. I'm in a room talking to uh, the wall, essentially, into my microphone here as well. So we'll keep it going. We'll keep keep rolling what we normally do. Week 8, uh, recapping all the games, which... We'll get to all of them momentarily, but man, we had a bunch of a double-digit lines. Only a couple really uh, ended up being double-digit games. Some went the other way. Some went, uh, let's just say this, our picks or my picks probably weren't the best to catch the spread. So hopefully you didn't take those to heart when you're listening to our preview show. But first, here's what I want to get to. You know how um, our, air quotes, uh, sarcastic love for UCF is? So if you happen to watch College Game Day, which I sort of do being out in our time zone it's not a must watch for me i may tune in here there's kind of kept catch some clips check out the funny signs well over on saturday good old kirk curbster is talking about hey the group of five teams and ucf um a couple notes they are currently the new polls are out since i'm recording this a little bit in the evening on sunday night maybe you guys get this night or you're driving in the morning ucf uh, barely beat not barely excuse me they beat east carolina who not the best of teams at the moment. They're not what they used to be. And so they end up winning, let me see here, 37 to 10. So it actually convinced me when I pull my apologies. They won fairly easily by 27 points. And they're right, right on the top 10. I saw our good buddies were forgotten five because the coaches pulled. They dropped a spot. I'm like, well, at this point, there's a ceiling to be had. This happened to me. I remember because I'm a Utah grad, 2004. Okay, that back then had to be six or higher to get to a BCS game, not when they loosened the rules to allow more access for TCU, Boise, Northern Illinois, teams like that to get in. So at this point, if UCF is going to make the playoff, which it's still a long shot just because they're at 10th, they, there's, we all know the disadvantages playing in the non-powered leagues and all that stuff. So they dropped in the coaches' poll, which teams that jumped to Oklahoma jumped them. Cool. They beat TCU pretty big. So I guess that's worthy enough to move them up. They st- they're still behind Ohio State, who suffered their first loss of blowout to Purdue. And so it's like, well, it's part of schedule, which is legit about who they played and how how well they played. Not how well they played, but who they played and who they beaten. Yeah, the one game was canceled versus UNC due to a second year in a row hurricane. Kind of messed them up. They're still at 10. The coaches poll where they are ahead. Excuse me, AP poll where they are ahead of Ohio State, who I would say if they're to play each other, Ohio State would be like a t- two-touchdown favorite, possibly. But here's my point of beating that. Herb Street goes on game day. And I got this on here. I, I set up my... Um, my setup for this evening a little bit different so we can play a clip from him on college game day talking about hey it's what we've been saying what matt's been saying for a long time who have you played you got to play somebody play a good schedule and here's i'll let herb street explain i'll get on to it after that why are we focusing just on ucf when it comes to the power five because i think there are other teams that are out there that are as deserving or more deserving when you look at this graphic the only team ranked in the top 30 of fpi sagarin snp fresno state you want to take the espn bias out that they think uh, that ucf fans think look at the, the only two teams ranked in the top 25 in sagarin snp has nothing to do with espn appalachian state 
and Fresno State. Fresno State has the toughest strength of schedule. So what Des is talking about, and David, like you need to play somebody to be able to be rewarded. UCF, you need to not just worry about being undefeated and trying to get into the top four. You need to look behind you at teams like Utah State, App State, Fresno State. These teams on, on paper, which is what you want to look at a lot of times, are better than UCF and more deserving than UCF. That's why I thought yeah, I'd add to the program. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, sir. So there's that, what he said. I hope it came through. Volume is kind of low there. But basically what Herb Street's saying is, kind of, we've been saying, yes, you're playing well, but they're all eyes up. Oh, we're looking up, looking up, playoff, playoff. Maybe we'll be there. But then, but then again, you have Utah State, or I guess his key metrics was Fresno State. He did, mention, he did not mention San Diego State, so I'm not sure where the, some people put on Twitter on the screen because we put an article on it. There's a video that we uh, pulled from the Mount West Twitter account. They had it up. They grabbed the clip. It said Fresno State strength of schedule 90, 92. Not sure where they grabbed it from because San Diego State overall has, I believe, a better strength of schedule. And so I'm assuming Aztecs weren't mentioned partly because, yes, they're winning. We'll get to that close San Jose State game, but they've had a lot of close games. And injuries probably taken into account for it. Who's going to be around? So I still think they're in the conversation just because if you win and keep winning and assume they get, hopefully they get Juwan Washington back, Christian Chapman back, that'll help overcome because they're winning. It doesn't matter. If you win, they'll be up there. And that's all that matters. And they're close to being ranked as it is. They're behind Utah State now. But overall, it makes a good play. Look, I, and also, it's fine. I don't know where the, the, he pulls up the ESPN bias for UCF. Pretty sure they like him quite a bit. So, uh, But what it, it, it brings up the exact point we've been saying. Who are you playing? Straight in the schedule. And are you looking good beating them? Well, they are looking pretty good. But part of it is of who you played. It's like, get back to us. You can play a really good team. And nothing we can fault them for who they play. And I know some games have been bought out. Some games get postponed. But... Heck, how they play North Carolina? North Carolina's not very good this year. They're, I don't believe they're going to go to a bowl game. They're currently sitting out. Let me grab the schedule here. They're 1-5. and five. So what would it be a big deal if they beat a UNC team that ends up winning like three games for the whole year? And so it's like, well, okay, beat a Power 5 team. Who cares? You beat a bad one. Play some good teams. Yeah, they beat Pitt pretty bad, and Pitt's not very good either. They beat a pretty good Florida Atlantic team. because, And so they're doing what they have to do. But there's a chance. Like, they're high. We don't know. Here's the thing. Playoff polls don't come out until... A week and a half. So you have the, it's a Halloween. I want to say Halloween nights. I believe it is. I should double check real quick, but they come they're not, I think it's after next week's game. So let's uh, see here what they do as I'm typing and going at the moment, which is awesome. When it's one person, I can't banter off <laughs> to next uh, to Matt to say, Hey, talk about this or chat about this for a moment, but they're high enough where it may not matter to them, but, but I looked over at our good buddies. I used to work with Jason Kirk and SB nation. They put UCF like, Hey, where's the blast for today? About 14. It's October 30th. That's where it's at the moment. So if they win undefeated, they'll be ahead of Air, um, Utah state, Fresno state. I'm um, also looking at Cincinnati. They lost to a temple to the best team they played all year. Who's not that great. So they had a loss. USF barely beat a couple teams this year. They played UConn. We're down seven. Oh, <laughs> early on in that game. So, He's right that the schedule's an issue, a big deal. But you look at who in Fresno, what's really unfortunate for them, that Minnesota loss looks worse and worse because they had that game. But I think the main point is that, yes, he should watch for Utah State and Fresno State or even San Diego State if they can keep winning and get, stay unscathed the rest of the way until their stars are back to be at full strength if, when they play. Because they play Fresno. They play, they play some pretty good teams this year. So what will happen? I don't know what happened, but... If UCF keeps winning, they're fine. But if there's a loss and they still win that conference, that's where things can get tricky and where they may drop like a rock in the rankings. 
we'll see. I don't know. But I thought I brought that up because it's a pretty interesting point he made. And we've been saying it for all people. Oh, yeah, that's right. That sounds like a good point. So, cool. Yeah. We've been saying it for since last year with the schedule strength that these guys have been playing. All you can do is win and play who you got in front of you. It's like San Diego State fans. I Some people get after us a little bit. Like, well, we beat two ranked teams. Well, did you? At the time, it's like what me and Matt discussed last week. Is it when you play or at the end of the year, what's more, take, take the more stock? Arizona State was ranked at the time. Can never take it away, but they're sitting at three and four. What if they go like five and seven? You're still going to tout that as a ranked win? Boise State, they will talk about that first game here in a minute. They've dropped two games not ranked. They crushed Colorado State. Are they going to get back in the rankings? Where does that win? I'm pretty sure that Boise State's going to be better, look better than the Arizona State win for San Diego State, but you can't. It's just that back and forth, like, well, were they ranked now or then? Are they bull team or not? It's like, well, tangible things what we could see. But what I what he, what, he, what Herb, Street, Herb, Street, Herb Street said is not entirely wrong because, dude, you're winning games, awesome, but then you got to see who you play. And that's, and that's the thing. It's nothing against UCF too much because we know how it is. Teams buy out games. We're not going to play. You're not going to give you a home and home. UCF is being a bit picky. We don't want any guaranteed games, and maybe that's on them for not taking games. I don't know specifics, but they're Danny White down there. I've heard a couple of things where we're not going to play a one and done to go play some big power school. It's like, well, if you want to be legitimate and be really good and get those big marquee regular season wins, yes, being Auburn, amazing. Winning the American is quite difficult. Going undefeated. If they go undefeated back-to-back, that's awesome. Not going to be a playoff situation with what's going on. So all we could say is, uh, hey, just keep winning. You're in. But if they have they suffer a loss, Utah State's right there. Fresno State's right there. They're all there. Let's move on to games. I don't need to harp too much because I could chat forever on this type of stuff. But... Something to, look at, something to look out for. And also, really quick in the polls, Utah State jumped up pretty high there, two spots out of each poll. And also, heck, maybe even App State. App State's ranked in the AP poll. There's another team to consider. They are the second, they are, what did they say? You got South Florida. So basically, they are the, uh, if South Florida UCF doesn't win the American, App State's actually ahead of Utah State. We'll see how that goes because they're playing quite well too. So it's more the UCF. They do need to be concerned about Fresno, who's getting no respect in the polls. They're still behind Utah State. Behind San Diego State, who, by the way, beat San Jose State by three. Just saying. Fresno State, they're all right there, top 30-ish teams. So there could be next week, if things go the right way, next couple weeks, we could have three teams ranked soon. I don't know how soon, but it depend, it'll depend on who's up there because Utah jumped pretty high after beating a, what seems to be a mediocre USC team. NC State still ranked despite getting crashed, crushed by Clemson with a single loss. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes there. But let's get to the games here. We had two Friday night games. One was great. One was not so great. Um, Boise State. They just have Colorado State's number, 56-28. They had no issues dispatching of the Rams at all, so they just took care of business and did their thing. And they just, like I said, they they just were out to a quick, what, 21-0 lead. There was the, uh, yeah, in the first quarter, 21-0. The best play of the first quarter, which I loved, was the special team score. I put it on Twitter using the lovely Clip It tool, which is fun to use. If you don't have it, just go download it and yeah, just it's um you can basically grab like thirty second clips and put on Twitter, Facebook, and social media. It's always fun to do. Has it been shut down, so I assume it's still up, up and up, using it for like two years. But the one fumble or not fumble, but special teams war is like the uh which one was it? I guess see where it was. It was where the ball got bounced around. It I guess they technically called it a fumble touchdown, I think what it was, but uh oh they called it was off the punt. Yeah, the punt return got bounced around, fumbled, guy picked it up and scored. It was uh I don't even know who scored here. I wish I had my correct box score up here, but it was just one of those plays where you had to watch it. And 
The Rams have no, literally no chance versus the Broncos half the time. Last year, 28-3, make all the jokes you want. They couldn't get into it. This game here, this is like ideal Boise State football. They, Yes, they've lost twice. Um, and part of the reason the losses we've discussed over and over, it was because they were getting to the quarterback. San Diego State was getting after them. Uh, Oklahoma State got after Burp, and the quarterback had bad games. Last, last week versus Nevada was a close one where they had, they struggled a bit. Brett Rippon was amazing. 22-26, four TDs, no picks. Good Brett Rippon, ideal. Alexander Mass had a solid game. Still not 100 yards rushing, 85 in the ground. AJ Richardson, man, those catches, whew, two touchdowns. Sean Monster, those guys were catching anything and everything, and the Rams had no, no, they couldn't do a dang thing. Couldn't do anything. It doesn't up also when um, they did split time, so we saw KJ Carter-Samuels get the start, play two TDs, two picks. Not great, obviously not great. Then Colin Hill come in who, Looks finally, maybe they're going to make the change. There's no official word or anything yet from checking the beat writers and kind of listening to what Bobo's saying. There's no, at least as of, again, this is Sunday night, no word of against which quarterbacks. Maybe they could at this point, just because we've discussed when Colin Hill comes in, he hasn't been playing well because he's either getting a couple passes or attempts. But 12-14, a touchdown led the team down for that drive, 135 yards. Maybe it's time if his knee's really there to get him going because they're three and five. So technically there is a chance for a bowl scenario, but they got Wyoming. He doesn't look very good. Well, they look pretty good for Utah state, but overall not great. They might be making a QB change as well. They go to Nevada is looking pretty good. Utah state's tough and air force looks to be tougher than we thought. So I didn't put them in my bowl projections this week, but looking overall, like everyone take game outside of like Preston Williams looks great. And also, and who had a 154 yards touchdown, then Warren Jackson had his best game of the year by quite a bit, I'll say. He had, what, 105, two touchdowns. So all the points came late because the Rams did make a comeback because it was 35-7 and a half. It was far from over there, backups in there, so it wasn't all the starters. But look at what the pressure they did against the Rams QBs, three sacks, five TFLs. Rams did get after quarterback a little bit. They had three sacks of their own, but they just weren't getting anything going. And the running game did come up nice. Izzy Matthews finally did something, but they punt. They punt and fumble, return for touchdown. Their first three possessions were all punts. Fourth one was an t- interception that led to points. And so, or no, did not lead to points. Apologies. I should stop using ESPN's depth chart, but they're just interception punt the whole night. Second, second half, they did a few things, but they had a couple fumble, like interceptions for points. You can't do them. But boy, State, um, this might be like people can, I don't know. I think this could have been the best game all year. Yes, twenty-eight points. The Troy game was really impressive, but this is arguably their best game of the year, at least on offense. I know the backups came in didn't hold the uh, point point total down, but how well Rippin played, how well the receivers played, how well running game played. Well, not I running game wasn't amazing, but nine for eleven on third down. Not very many penalties. They were plus three in the turnover margin. There's nothing the Rams could do being down that big call. I, honestly, twenty-one. I'm like. I, didn't, I stopped watching him. Like, what's the point? They're going to win. They're 35 7 at the half. And so we have our rankings out. I saw one person put Boise State number one. They're going to be like the rest of the way. They're pro- if they win the conference, their odds of them getting to that New Year's Six game probably not likely because two losses is tough. They can get over it if the American or App State take a loss or multiple losses. But Boise State, they go to Air Force next week. They always have historically the past five or so years trouble. Remember that seven turnover game a couple years ago? It's at Air Force. They got BYU, who looks a little, they look better. We'll see how they did it by this week. They still have Fresno, New Mexico, hit or miss, and then Utah State. So there could be, my expectation, Utah State, 
and Fresno, will, or excuse me, Utah State and, uh, excuse me, uh, Boise State will be for the uh, division title coming down the road. So we'll see what goes on there. Next game was probably the best game of the weekend. You had a 41. Uh, again, this is a first game Boise covered the double digit spread. This game, Air Force, uh, Boise, UNLV 41-35 did not cover. Air Force was a 10-point road favorite, but they did get to win. They, they did get to win. And the big question in this game was, who's going to start for Air Force? We knew Donald Hammond III was probably out. It was between Arian Worthman, Isaiah Sanders. Sanders looked really good. This Sanders just had a career game. Listen to the stat line. Yes, 9 for 11. Okay, that is that is what Air Force likes to do when they throw the ball. 217 yards. That is an average of what? the 30, 25 yards per completion? He had Ronald Cleveland three for 100 on those. And then, oh, not just that. Let me just run 21 times for another 173 and three touchdowns. Air Force had big plays. They had 45-yard run, a 49-yard run. Cleveland, Ronald Cleveland had a 40, had, excuse me, the 40-yard run, 140 total yards. His Air Force offense was really good. Defense struggled. And part of it was Max Gilliam for UNLV. They, I think they figured it out. He struggled. He did have some over, did have, did have some overthrows. There were a couple issues here and there, but he goes a solid 26 to 38, 261, three TDs a pick, played quite well. Lexington Thomas, this is a big thing for us. Well, two things on this on him. You, don't, you can't take away any yardage he had. He had a 74-yard touchdown run. Only one away down the day. So, yes, he averaged just under five yards per carry. Take, I know he had it, but think about it. If you take away that long, that's like 19 for like 20 yards, 25 yards, essentially. If I'm 30 yards, if my math is right. So, the big run counted. It was there. It was a big deal for them. But that's all he had after that. There was like looking at the runs he had, there was lost of yards, lost of yards, no gain. There were not many chances or opportunities for him to get the ball because what Air Force was doing on defense. But this is a really exciting game. Again, 41-35. First half, man, 21-20. A lot of touchdowns back and forth, back and forth. And I kind of thought Air Force, I thought Air Force would have won by more points because the second half, like Air Force defense stepped up. They After the touchdown scored for them, they go for a punt. They go touchdown, Air Force, force punt, touchdown, interception lead to a touchdown. So they scored the first 21 points in that third quarter to go up a quick 41-21. And that was all she wrote. Air Force, uh, UNLV did come back with a touchdown. UNLV had a chance. Air Force, they forced a fumble. They get it back. All right, we're going to get this. We scored a TD. Three plays later, get the fumble. They drive down. They're deep in their territory. They get the ball to Air Force 30-yard line. Only 30 yards to go. They gain 33, excuse me, 33. They gain three yards only, unfortunately. Kick a field goal, miss it. Air Force fumbles again. They had another opportunity. This time they took advantage to get the touchdown to make it 41-35. UNLV had chances in this game to go down and get to victory after. Like they could have folded or given up because we've seen how old UNLV teams do, but they stuck in there. Their defense is getting out. Their hands were going crazy. They're whacking the ball. Like they were just doing what they got. Demetrius, Demetrius Gibbs got that second interception. Then they go nice 44 yards, get another touchdown. Look what Max Gilliam's doing. He was he threw a couple times, but they had Thomas. Yeah, he didn't have a huge game overall, but he had a nice six-yard run, three-yard run, get a first down on third and three, huge. Four yards on first down. Then they let Tyler Carlins get a nice 20-yard run to get inside the 10. Then they had a Max Gilliam touchdown pass to Presley. And so they were... They were there, 4-35. They forced a punt. All right, they, 
they had another chance. The defense came up huge in the fourth quarter. They were doing everything they had to do and what they wanted to do. They're getting this game done. They're they're coming back. Like, all right, we got this. We got this. Eleven plays. They 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 have about what four minutes left? Six minutes left. Right. They're down six. That missed field goal huge. If you're down three, kick it, go to overtime. Moving the ball down the field. Moving the ball down the field. Fourth and eight at the thirty. Incomplete pass to Darren Woods is broken up by Jordan Jackson there near the end. I remember that. I'm like, oh, so they're there. And then Air Force just ran the ball a couple of times and took care of business and held off a UNLV team who's now, unfortunately, two, what are they, two and five on the year? This UNLV team, Air Force seems to be playing much better than they have earlier in the year. And heck, I don't know how you got Donald Hammond. Do you go back to him after this performance? He's been really good. But Sanders, man, they have good thing about the Falcons. They have a lot of quarterbacks who can. Play even if Wortham played, I would have been probably almost as confident as Sanders or Wortham. But what we've been saying all year, the Air Force rushing attack, it's typically been like Fagan, Cole Fagan had what nine for 77, not long 49 yarder. There's usually the QB gets a ton of carries, and that's what Sanders brings this game. UNLV looks good too, so can't just write him off. Say, okay, if he's we sort of were, but with Jillian having a good game, yeah, they've lost four in a row. Unfortunately, they go to San Jose State next week, could be interesting. Spartans look to be slowly improving despite being winless. They got Fresno State. Tough rest of the way is going to be tough. They need to win four of their next five to go to bowl, get bowl eligibility. I don't know. San Jose State, maybe. Probably. I'll go probably. Then you got to be, you got Fresno, San Diego State, Hawaii, Nevada. I don't think they're doing it, folks. And that could put Sanchez on the hot seat to maybe be gone. But injuries are an issue with them. But man, Jillian, it's a, Good bounce back game because his first two games were ugly and he seemed to finally, for the most part, get things done. It's just that the start to the third quarter was where they had their chances blown, essentially. They make one stop on Air Force or they can they don't turn it over. The one intercept is pretty bad led to touchdown, but good job for UNLV for not folding over and coming back and having a good sec- late second half to nearly get to victory and make it very competitive, make it a fun game. This is a great game to watch, a fun one. So Let's move on to Saturday where we had more double-digit lines that didn't quite uh, pan out how we thought they would. So what we're going to start with, let's go with Utah State Wyoming. Oh, boy. Wyoming. Okay, first off, give Wyoming kudos. They're the first. They've held Utah State to the fewest points all year at just 24. Previous low was 31 versus Michigan State. And now I'm going to check their average because they were putting up 50 a game just behind Alabama. Let me pull up what it was. But this, this game... Wyoming's defense got to Jordan Love. There's one point where I think Love was like one for eight. Uh, they threw it like eight straight times in one completion. And so the running game is what helped Utah State in this game. But let me go to scoring offense real quick. I'm um, going to conference. They're now 47.7 points per game. Boo-hoo. They're still doing pretty good. And no crying for Utah State here. They're now down to fourth in a total points per game beyond Oklahoma, Houston, and, of course, Roll Tide, Alabama. But we saw what, what you Wyoming did, like, we made, made sure we, we talked about Nico Evans, who we neglected for a while. Not for a while, but for a midseason. We apparently didn't look close enough. He had another big game, 133 yards. They had two backs. Like, who who the heck saw? You're lying if you saw this. Well, they brought in the backup quarterback. I'll get to him in a minute with Sean Chambers. But Jordan Love had his worst game of the year, only 53 passing yards. He had minus four yards because he was pressured and sacked only once. But there's a lot of QB hurries. Uh, actually, there's Actually, credit for no QB here. That's interesting. But while we got to the line scrimmage, like seven TFLs, actually stats are identical, sack TFL per team. But the way this game played out, it goes down first quarter. Utah State, 
I'm like, oh boy, they're in, this is going to be a long day for one. When they take three plays, there is a Darwin Thompson, a 56 yard TD run. Also, I should note really quick when I posted our kind of our scoreboard recap, most games now, I don't know how new this is. So maybe if you've seen this, great. I just noticed it today. I'll put in highlights like, hey, here's a score, a link to our recap, or if we didn't have one up at the time, a link to one of the awesome beat writers around the league. There's no condensed games. Like, I didn't watch San Jose State, San Diego State because I was out and about and I forgot to record it. There's like a 20 plus minute condensed game where it gives you all the big plays, not just highlight score, touchdown score, pick. Gives you a sense of how some of these teams get or games played out. So this game had that on there. I, I went back and watched that as well as watching the whole game here. But Wyoming was just getting after Utah State. Like that first drive, it's like, oh boy, it's over. There's This is typically Utah State. It's going to be another 50 to 10 victory. But no, Wyoming came out and kind of just basically, I'll say they pretty much stopped Utah State for most of the way. Like I said, Love, who's been, people are clamoring, why isn't he player of the year at the midway point? Well, just saying, this one game was not very good. Darwin Thompson, outside the one run, only had 53 yards the rest of the way. They have two touchdowns. This is a game where Wyoming used their defense. They were pushing around. While getting back, pressuring Utah State's front, um, excuse me, offensive line, getting to the quarterback. Again, they had seven TFLs. They're forcing so many punts. Like Utah State had uh, their first, they after that touchdown, punt, punt, missed field goal, threw an interception. Wyoming took advantage of that and only, had a, only got a field goal out of it. Where they, here's where, that's what me and Matt said. Like, if Wyoming's going to win, interception, short field. This, not that this would have been a difference in the game. They pick the ball off. They get at the Utah State uh, 13 yard line. They gain three yards, kick a field goal. So there's that, where that doesn't help them all, where they do kick a field goal there. And then also in the, that was a bit far, another field goal, they forced a punt, but they just didn't allow Utah State to be explosive. Like, Utah State had multiple drives where, like, how many, I'm looking at how many three, three and outs they had, they had to pick. They had Utah State miss field goal. They had multiple drives, like five or fewer plays. Like, I think their longest drive. Let me double check here, because they still had their quick strike in the second half. They did pick off um, um, Tyler Vanderwall for a John Terrell Rockamore. Got to they scored touchdown one play later to three. Okay, but their drive. This is the weirdest game. Their longest drive was six plays in a punt for Utah State, and that was minus six yards too. And late in the game, it's twenty four sixteen. Late in the game, where they really need to move the ball to at least get a first down or two to milk out the clock. They go six plays minus six yards, take three minutes off the clock. It looks like apparently, and nothing. But that's that's odd. That was their longest drive in plays, I should say. But I think this is more ab- abnormality for Utah State because this is the best defense they've played all year. They still get to play. They still have to play Boise, Boise State late in the year. And the offense just struggled a bit. And the defense did fine. Like, they did what they needed to do to stop Wyoming, who doesn't have a really good offense outside of Nico Evans. But they have New Mexico next week. Should be fine. They go to Hawaii, which Hawaii seems to be taking a real tailspin. San Jose, CSU, they should be pretty good. They'll, should be, they'll be fine the rest of the way. And they they would next week, they'll probably, probably be ranked as well in that top 25 poll. So, next up here. Actually, no, on, one thing I want to mention on this game. Wyoming could have a new quarterback. Because Tyler Vanderwalls, we know, has been terrible all year. He got replaced by Sean Chambers, who three for five, 62 yards, but he had a he ran a lot, 19 plays on the ground, 100 yards. He did leave, I think, the let me double check here. I think he led that second half touchdown they had. They had, uh, yeah, they had one touchdown, four plays, 75 yards. Yeah, Chambers was in there where he, let's see, he had the uh, end up being Nico Evans TD run, but he led down for a touchdown where a nice pass to Tyree Mayfield and then like a no gain, and Nico Evans took care of the rest. So he had. 
had one touchdown in the game. Um, I don't know. Craig Bull is kind of, he's not saying exactly what's going to happen, um, but the performance is big the question. Should they bring him in over Vanderwall? Because Wyoming is two and six. They have to win their final four games to go to a bowl game, which there's guys who are telling me before these final four games are gimmies. I'm like, careful. They were pro Wyoming guys like guys from who covered the Cowboys teams like at Rivals and other places, but they do have CSU, which could be a win. San Jose State looks a bit tougher. They're still winnable games. Like I would not be like if I were to give like a percentage, I may say there's like a thirty percent chance to make make the bowl a bowl eligibility. They go to CSU, who doesn't look all right, that right, doesn't look great. San Jose State's at home, which obviously they haven't won, so that's a winnable game. Air Force is probably the most difficult one because they've been playing quite well late, and then they got New Mexico at New Mexico. So there, I would I'm not gonna like put a fork in them saying they're done, but maybe this QB change. They go with Chambers. I'm gonna look at their EF FPI really quick. But if they make the change, Craig Bull after the game was like, oh, I'm not going to say much. He's keep what it's like basically coach speak, keeping it to myself. Where blah, 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 blah. Well, we'll see. He played well, yeah. But our starter, but he said he did a lot of good things. But he didn't go. This is also immediately after the game. So he also didn't say he's like, he didn't back Vanderbilt completely. It's the queued up. If you know what I'm going to say next, folks, we're going to look at the tape. And so, which. It's kind of a cliche thing, but it's true. When you're making a decision, you want to look at the tape, see what they do. So uh, it wouldn't be a bad thing to make the move. So we'll see. We'll see what they decide to do. But looking at ESPN's FPI really quick, Wyoming is favored against CSU and San Jose State. Um, and these next two games, Air Force and New Mexico, toss-ups essentially, 47%, obviously not favored, 44% at New Mexico. So there is a chance they could go blowing, and it's going to be because of their defense. So that's what that game was. All right, let's move on to the next one here, folks. Which is oh, lovely. I love it. My internet doesn't work great. Fresno State at New Mexico. All right, New Mexico had a early in this game, thirty-eight-seven. Fresno State gets a victory. Also, Fresno State st- stopped. They st- had a streak going. Of, I want to say oh, I had in front of me eight t- eight quarters, nine quarters without touchdown given up. Yeah, going back to that three. Yeah, they had three points versus Wyoming, three versus Nevada. So. Nine quarter streak scoring ended and nine straight quarters without a touchdown. There's almost a t- big play in the first quarter, which wouldn't have made a difference this game. There's a deep play down for Lobos, but there was a pass interference call. Very questionable on my play. It was a huge play to Dalen Hart Johnson. There's a little, they called it on um, offensive PI. Sorry, that's what I'm saying. Offensive PI in the very first drive of the game. There was. A little pushing, but it seemed like both players were going for the ball, kind of put, kind of waving their hand out in front of them. So maybe, qu- quotes, incidental concept, but not really. That was pretty questionable, and that kind of stalled the drive, had to punt. And then Fresno missed the field goal, long drive. New Mexico never gets the, mo- mo- the momentum back going. Fresno does their thing, field goal, touchdown. They do get an intercept. They do throw, they, there's an interception thrown by Sharon Jones. So Fresno takes advantage of that. And so by the time at halftime, by the time Lobo's got on the board, it's 17-7. 24-7 to half. Fresno gets the ball right away, 31-7. This game was pretty much over. Last half of the game is really kind of boring. Punt, 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 downs, end of game. <laughs> That's kind of how it turned out. But Fresno, their offense looks great. They were dominant in the game. Like Marcus McMarion, 280 yards, three TDs. Running game, Ronnie Rivers, only 48 yards. Jordan Mims, 41. They had a, a good combination of running but there wasn't a guy that stood out stood out about almost four yards to carry so they moved the ball well got in the end zone Keyshawn Johnson had a huge game 
two TDs, one forty nine. I think a streak of consecutive games where they catch is like it's. I know it's the longest current FBS release tied at forty five. I want to say forty six. He could have like fifty game catch streak going back to his freshman year, which might be a record of some sort of FBS. So when you look at Lobos, they turned the ball over a couple of times. Their running game was okay with Tyron Owens, but here's the thing we know about the Lobos offense. Big rushing place has been a calling card. Longest run was by Jones for 19. Tyron Owens only had a long of eight. So I don't know if that one catch early on would have made a big difference. Maybe it could have turned the tide. It could have been a bit closer longer. But here's the thing, too, which kind of stands out. While they scored seven points, Fresno's defense – only had like one QB, only QB hurry and one TFL. No sacks. Jones is elusive. He had 10 rushing, 10 rushes. So there's a couple of things there where they were, defense was fine. They just weren't getting pressure we normally seen them. And they did well on third down defense, 5 of 14. They were plus one turnover margin. Penalties killed New Mexico, including that one I mentioned, the PI, 9 4 and 25 against them. That's never going to happen. And so overall, again, for team stats, Fresno three and a half on the ground. Fresno moved up in the polls. I don't know why they're not getting more credit. Like it could have been, it's part of it. It's where he started. And so they're not getting the uh, position you would think they should be getting in the polls because, oh, they started lower. They're currently, they're behind Utah State, San Diego State, and uh, that's it for the Mountain West. But they're behind teams like Cincinnati. Houston's pretty good. So they're down behind quite a few teams that, I don't know, Fresno's been pretty dominant. Like I said, Utah State was the most dominant team kind of still lean to that but fresno it's like it's super close and because fresno's defense is better than utah states because they are stopping teams like they're not giving up many points toledo holding up to 27 is a, a pretty impressive given that they are 17th of the country and scoring almost 40 points per game and so holding them to just under 30 points is pretty impressive so they i did my power pull i i forget who i put Oh, shoot. I Dang it. I think I stayed with Utah State, number one. Sorry, Fresno fans. I think I went to Aggies again, number one. I, I wish I had in front of me. I did it early this morning. It was either Fresno or Utah State. And looking at the results now, it's going to be Smorgasburg. We'll see if Fresno is still number one overall. But it was a good win for Fresno. They did what they had to do. And they do have a game next week. They're not in a bye. They, go, they host Hawaii, which, again, whew, not looking good. So if they can get that victory... I don't know. They might not be ranked for a couple weeks because the way the polls work depends who in front of them, in front of them, and all that stuff. Who's uh, doing their thing? So, all right, let's do this. Since I'm going solo here, I'm going to take a quick timeout, and then we'll come back and finish the rest of the games. All right, here we go. Let's wrap up this podcast here, folks. Hopefully, hopefully, I'm doing a good job going solo. I haven't gone solo in a long time, and so. Hoping I'm making sense. Maybe I'm being entertaining. I didn't make my Rams loud, loud joking. It's Matt that made him bust up laughing from the pre- preview show saying, Rams are going to win. Sorry to bring back memories to Rams fans who are still hanging out, chilling, sharpening their knives to get mad at me for who knows what. But next game on the schedule, we have um, two left here. So San Jose State, San Diego State. Maybe this was the game of the weekend. I don't know. Air Force UNLV is pretty exciting. So this game, 16 to 13. All right. San Diego State fans are probably not, not my best friends at the moment. I know a few guys are like, what are you doing? They're not considered the best team. Like, here's my deal. Yes, I know they're not, they don't have uh, Juwan Washington. Yes, I know they don't have Christian Chapman. Yes, they're fullback of search. Yes, I know these things. They're winning. That's the most important thing. Just because, and then again, the ranked team thing, I'm like, psh, hogwash, come on, get back, get back to reality, folks. Arizona State might win five games this year. So 
that win might be better than Nevada, maybe, or something like that, if you get my point, for win totals. Probably still up higher because Power 5 and they're doing a decent job with Herm Edwards, but they're not what they were earlier in the year, at least at the moment. So here's the deal. San Jose State, They we had, as I mentioned, somebody DM us saying, watch out, we're going to win this game. Spartans are going to get a victory. I'm like, me and Matt, like, oh, whatever, dude, that's not going to happen. It nearly happened in this game. The offensive and defensive, or excuse me, defensive line, like they were getting after the quarterback. They were getting in there. They had nine TFLs in this game, nine tackles for loss in this game, and they were all over the place. They had they had one sack, a QB hurry. They were getting to the backfield. It looked like they were the more dominant team in the trenches in this game for the for a majority of this of this matchup. They were just getting after. Yeah, and then they had a. It wasn't J- Jasmine leading the way. He had 79 yards. He had Chance Bell, freshman, 81 yards on the night for San Diego State. They eventually did get it going in the second half, but that first half, San Diego State could get nothing done. They did they because they punted on their first possession, and then and they only went five plays. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. San Jose State forced the quick punt. I'm like, all right, well, it's the first possession that happens. But, man, then they go. Then Spartans take the field. Like, they moved down the ball. Like, Josh Love had one two what do you have three four completions five six for seven on that drive and they and the only complete pass was third of one to trey hartley they kicked a 40 a not solid 42 yard field goal their defense forces a fumble in the first play spartans man they go down the field again they move down 20 plus yards to kick a chip shot field goal they're at the one which they were there they they, they had a chance to go up 10 nothing first and goal at the six Incomplete pass, Josh Oliver, which is a good, nice target to do because Tyler Hawkins or Taylor Hawkins knocked the ball out. Nevins gets five yards, third and goal at the one, nothing. Fourth and goal at the two, false start. They settle for a field goal, so they could have been up, no, no joke, ten out, but they're doing, they're scoring points. Then the Aztecs get their groove going on. That's kind of at that point where they, they, their first, here's the two drives that probably sealed the game for them. Which was, and even though it's 16 13, it's super early. 17 play, seven yard, 75 yard drive. This is Air Force Army stuff here. They go down an eight minute drive for a touchdown. And San Jose State cannot do a dang thing on off on defense. Then they have to punt. Like their offense finally caught up to them a little bit. But here's the thing punt, punt back to back three and outs. Each team defense coming up. End of the half, another long drive, 6 30 for San Jose San Diego State. They get a field goal. So they're up 10 to 6. 10 to 6. Like, Aztec fans are nervous in this game. I had to imagine, like, you're at home playing San Jose State, who's one of two winless teams now, them and UTEP. That's it. They are the only team, or actually, has Nebraska have a win yet? I should double, I should fact check that before I start going. But regardless, they Spartans don't have a win at this point, or at that point in the game, and don't have a win at the moment. So, and they've been getting better too. Like, Matt's kind of convinced with the offense and moving the ball a little bit. They're doing a couple of things, but the defense this game, yes, Nebraska finally has a win. It was a, uh, a uh, UTEP who's still offered just like the uh, good old, not good old, but the Spartans here. Sorry. Well, whatever. Love your Spartans. Spartan up, right? Is that what it's called? I think Sparty up, Spartans up, not Sparty up because it's a uh, whatever. But that's, that was a game changer. Those two huge drives because it's shown like, okay, like, all right, Spartans, get out of our way. Ask actual drive, drive, go, go down the field. Here's where it was nearly like game gets like, I'm not saying it's over, but those are two big drives. You think, okay, maybe Spartans are done. They're going to kind of, not give up, but it's like, oh, we've been there before. They get two long drives, especially the end of half. Their first drive, you get the ball, they punt after just seven plays. Like, oh, dang, what are they going to do here? I know I'm doing play-by-play on this one, kind of, but I just want to put out there how it went out. They get a field goal, um, San Diego State. So it's 13-6. to Still extremely close. And again, 
Spartans are getting after the running back, getting after everybody. They're not allowing big plays. They, on that one drive, there was a Chase Jasmine 23-yarder and another pass. But no, maybe let me rephrase that. I guess log drives there are plays have been happening. But throughout the game, like it took a while for the San Diego State to break through. There's loss of yards. There's one yard game, but they had a, on this field goal to put them up by touchdown, 22 yard run, 17 yard pass, 29, yard, 23 yard run. They're moving the ball. Again, here's the thing. They settle for a field goal. Spartans defense holds fourth and goal at the five. They did ties the game. Like what the Spartans pulled the same thing. Huge time consuming drive. Tyler and Evan runs the ball. Josh Love's looking really good. Completing down to Trey Hartley. Ty coach Contrell gets a reception. They go all the way down. Malik Robertson, Robertson touchdown. Here's where the game changes right here. This is, again, I used backbreaking too many times, but this is it. They score a touchdown, 13-13. They force a punt. It's like, are the Spartans really going to do this with five and a half minutes left? They get the ball. Aztecs have an amazing punt. Get the ball inside the nine-yard line, inside the 10-yard line. They're at their own nine. So, again, it's eight. that's 91 yards. Tie ball game. Your offense has moved the ball multiple times against the Aztec defense. So it's not a fluke if they were to go down and get a long, long possession and score. They had multiple drives of, of long plays and touchdowns in this game. So they get the ball. They get the ball. They're driving. They're moving. They're going down. They get they get down. They get near midfield. Enters Tariq Thompson makes a great play. Returns at 41 yards to the San Jose State 35-yard line. So it's a... This was a deep pass. They're trying. They're they're going for it. Third, here's the thing. Third and fifth. They may have punted anyways. Here's what the my my thinking was. You watch these type of plays. You see what goes on. They do these huge plays where okay, it started long. They're not going to kick a field goal because you could have figured okay, game's tied. Maybe they'll go for get about ten yards or that half of that, and maybe go for it because if it's fourth and eight at the thirty six yard or should they get ten yards? It's fourth and. Five at the 35. That's long field goal. We'll see. They're going for the home run ball here. And so, okay, if they pick it off, whatever, it's like a punt. Well, that's what I thought. It was picked off, but returned to the other end of the field. So not only did San Jose State give it the ball, which probably was going to happen anyways, Aztecs, Tariq Thompson make a huge play to go up and down the field to get in field goal territory already. And here's the thing. We know how good John Barron is. He's done this before. Eastern Michigan, he makes two key field goals, wins the game for them in overtime. Spartans defense, they do everything they're hostile outside of, of getting the ball, forced and turnover. Chase Jasmine, no no run. False start, five yards back. Agnew, another five yards back. They got they had this drive. I can't even call it a drive. They gained one yard because they had the false start minus five, a loss of five on a pass. Ryan Agnew had a short pass to Chase Jasmine for 11 yards. All they do is a small stop. So third, so instead of being third and 20 at the 45, they're at fourth night at 34. Kick a 51-yard field goal. Barron, whoo, so good. He's won them multiple games this year. And then just to wrap it up, as I'm doing play-by-play, play, like I said, it wouldn't. They're down three. And here's the thing. They, here's where the special teams, especially field goal kicking, comes to play if you good one. Spartans move the ball. They get it at their own, after, I believe, a uh, touchback. They move the ball. They get all the way down to four. Fourth, maybe they go for it just because fourth and one to 35 yard line, a loss of one yard. 35 yard line, that's a 52 yard punt. If you have a really good college kicker, I know it's long and tough to do, but they were there. They had their chances to get this game. And I assume they thought that was too far. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then that's all sure. They did force a punt, but there wasn't enough time. Three plays left. 
they are too deep, they're too far deep in their territory. Territory. So give Spartans credit because they did really good in this game. Here's a couple of things that are issues for them as well. Too many times on third down, seven to sixteen, one or two on fourth down, which was obviously at the very end of the game. Penalties were fine. They didn't rush the ball very, very well. One point eight yards on the ground, six point three completion. Aztecs didn't do that grand third down either, six to fourteen. So this is a game where, yes, Aztecs breathe a huge sigh of oh, we won. Phew. We beat the Spartans. Oh, good luck. Good, good grief. We got the victory. Perfect. But he didn't look good doing it. Agnew only 7-11 for 86 yards. Only threw the ball a handful of times. Probably because they ran so many times, we were doing quite well. So that was kind of odd that they threw that few times. But this also goes to show you have Christian Chapman. You have John Washington. Probably would have won easier. But again, yes, Aztecs won. Ton of credit to Spartans. This was, okay, moral victory, whatever. It kind of sucks you don't win. Best game of the year. By far, defense held up good. Josh Love had a pretty good game out there. A pick that didn't help them out. Running game could have been better. Defense did amazing against a rush attack. Again, remember, this Aztecs offensive line is great. They stop everybody. They have all these guys back. So, tough break for the Spartans that they got the loss. But Aztecs, all that matters. If you get your guys back coming to, coming up, if you get, um, we'll to do some research and see. I believe uh, Washington and Chapman are both like six-week injuries. So they could be coming back fairly soon. They got Nevada next week on the road. That'll be interesting at New Mexico. At Fresno is huge. So, hey, 6-1, they're on the outside. They're just be, uh, I think they'll be, yeah, Utah State jumped them in the rankings overall. So for the point total. So they're right there in the fringe. They also could be ranked next week with Utah State because they are basically 28th in the polls. They're three spots out of being ranked. So them and Utah State could be ranked next week. So Aztecs, here's what it does too. If Even though you have one pretty, You've been have a lot of close games the past couple weeks. Three point victory this week, like they have a lot of. This is they're basically the anti Utah State overall. The, out of four, excuse me, five of the six wins are by one touchdown or fewer, seven points or less. That's so that's that's part of the two folks. When you're like, well, how Aztecs wanted to get in love for the group of five playoff spot or the New York six spot? Excuse me. Well, you're winning games that are you're winning. It's all that matters, but you're not. Now I don't want to say style points, but there is a importance to winning against teams you should win by easily. Like they should have beaten San Jose State, played twenty-one three. Something, in my opinion, they should have won fairly easily. But Spartans played well. What it does for Aztecs going forward is once these guys do come back, they will have experience and depth, and particularly the running back spot because not that Agnew would come in in relief for Chapman, but Bell, Jasmine, even all these other guys getting more carries, always helped them. For the last couple weeks, and hopefully those guys are fresh, like Washington, the fullback, if he comes back. It's a good thing. Like you're winning, that's all that matters. But winning and then get those guys back. What if they all come back for the Fresno State game? That'll be I'll already be an amazing game. But getting those guys back, that'll be something special. All right, final game of the day. All right, my love for Hawaii has um I still love my Warriors. I'll, or the Warriors, that should I call my Warriors, but 40 to 22 loss to Nevada. I'm wondering if it's a point where teams are kind of figuring out the run and shoot offense. Because Cole McDonald still looks pretty good. And that 259 yards, three TDs, 1937 grades. Running game was okay, but Nevada, this is the Nevada team I want to see all year, man. Ty Ganji, 21-29, amazing statistical numbers. Tawatua is going to be not only the uh, probably best freshman, offensive freshman, Toa Tao, excuse me. I know we talk up Nico Evans, who's played quite well, but... Do not be surprised when the votes come at the end of the year if, if he's going to be first-team all-conference running back with Nico Evans. I know we still got about five games left, 
But we look what he's done. This is it is only a second hundred rushing game, but he's had multiple touchdowns. He's catches the ball a little bit, threw a couple passes in this game as well. So he's really good in the future. Looks great for that running attack, which will complement nicely with what they want to do with Mummy and uh, Timmy Chang, the passing coordinator, what they want to do on offense. But this game, like it was everything what desired. It was 14 10 after the first quarter. After a, a lovely, I love it when games start punt, back to back punt. It's like, all right, let's get the punts out of the way. Let's go touchdown, field goal, touchdown, touchdown, field goal, touchdown, a few other points in between. But you get my point. The points started coming 20 to 14 and a half. Um, they've had a nearly, I know the second half was where they came up big, but they nearly had this game blown out in the first half. They had a nice draw, they had a nice ball after a punt, getting the ball at the Hawaii's 40 yard line, amazing field position. Then there was a, a fumble by Toa Tao, was forced by a, I'm going to butcher this guy's name here, Manu Hudson, uh, Ross Mewson. He forced a fumble. Hawaii gets a break. Here's the thing, folks. Hawaii doesn't take advantage of that break and get a touchdown or any points out of the first half. So this was a game where if you, I didn't stay up late to watch the whole thing. ended about, what, 130, 145 Mountain Time. But this Nevada defense, also we mentioned, look what um, like what Malik Reed can do and stuff. He didn't, if my number is correct here, do you not? Hmm. He only had – oh, he had a TFL. That's it. But there was a lot of guys. They had 10 tackles for loss. Four – five – excuse me, not four sacks. Five sacks overall. Like, I think I know potentially who could be the defensive player of the week. I know Tariq Thompson had a big TD re- um, return for the – help the Spartan – or excuse me, the Aztecs out. Corey Rush. Very well. Could be. I haven't looked over all the numbers, but he had – yeah, five tackles, four TFLs, three sacks. Huge on this game. And we've seen – when Cole McDonald and Swai offensive, there's pressure if they're getting hit, 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 getting to the last scrimmage, knocking the ball down, getting QB hurries. They don't do very well, and they get pressured, and that's what happened. Yeah, he had no picks. That's great. Running game wasn't that great. Like Fred Holly, I don't know what's up with him. He had one carry for minus a yard. This Nevada team just answered the bell more often than Hawaii did. Who Here's thing, too. We know what Hawaii does. Here's kind of the biggest number in this game. Hawaii's one. The biggest thing in this game, which was also not good for Nevada, 3 of 10 on third down. Terrible. Hawaii was worse. 315 on third down, one for five on fourth downs. Could it be the point where Hawaii needs to slow down and Nick Rolovich, I know it's his thing, but maybe slow down and not go for it every time on fourth down? Because here's kind of what he did here. In the first half, when it's 14 to 13, they're up one. They're okay. Here's the thing, too. They're not also, they're not doing it at weird spots. They're not doing it deep in their own territory or like fourth and long. They're doing it where it's reasonable. Like this first one, you're fourth and two at the midfield, 49-yard line. Incomplete pass. Here's the problem. Nevada turns around for a touchdown. Um, and then we have, let me look at the other ones here. Then they have a 10-play drive where it's in the start of the second half. They're down 26-14. Okay, little desperation. They're fourth goal to Nevada three. Incomplete pass. Turnover on downs. Luckily, Nevada drove all the way down and missed their field goal. But here's the thing. Take the points, man. You're down. Now it's 26-17. It's still a two-possession game regardless. I get it. You want to go 26-21, but maybe maybe it's time to take the points. And again, the next time they go for it, deep in, their, in Nevada's territory as well, they get the ball. They get a punt. They have a nice return on the ball. They get it. Um, it was a, um, oh, sorry. Sorry. Fumble. Sorry. No. Fumble. They get uh, trying to. Sorry. I'm trying to look here. I didn't, This is late in the game. Um, lost two yards. Some sort of fumble. The ball is forward. Here's the, here's the whatever. It doesn't matter. I'm rambling right now. I, I get it. Fourth and eleventh, nineteen. Go for it. At that fourth and eleven, nineteen. Kick if do, do they not? Maybe it's they don't trust her kicker. 
that could, at six points off the board because that nineteen at the nineteen yard line, that's a thirty six yard field goal makeable. That's six more points. That could be twenty six twenty at that point. Then again, now they're here's the thing: they build Hawaii was building themselves a big role. Nevada turns around, touchdown. Hawaii gets the ball back. This is where it's this is where it gets deep, uh, tricky. Deep in their territory, thir- well, sort of deep. Thirty four yard line, fourth and one, loss of three. So, and again, luckily, like flipping around again, Nevada offense does nothing. They punt, and they do get a touchdown. Here's the thing: Hawaii then gets a touchdown. If you think about had they just kicked field goals, that's six more points. It could have been 33-28 at the end of the game, and maybe they play different. Because Nevada did get that final touch to the game on a quick four-drive strike, which was after a uh, the onside kick failed attempt for Hawaii. They score a touchdown. Hawaii's down that 40, say 40-28. Or excuse me, uh, or excuse me, sorry. Let me rephrase that. 33-28. They're probably not kicking the outside kick. Maybe, maybe not. There was a... See how much time left in the game? Three minutes left. No, kick the ball. They'd kick it deep, force Nevada to do something. So all those fourth down opportunities that they went for built up. Field goal range, field goal range. We have to go for it now. We're down by double digits in their own territory. So Hawaii, maybe Rolovich, it is time to kind of slow it down, turn it back, roll back the clock a little bit. You still need one more win for bowl eligibility. They're still a pretty good team. Like the numbers-wise, they running the ball wasn't great, but they still passed it's not the eye-popping numbers they put up early in the year, but McDonald, yeah, under 50%, but still three touchdown passes. My thing, and again, give credit to Nevada for what they're doing. They're finally they my final bowl team this week, but Rolovich, Coach Rolo, come on. Here's my message to you. Chill out. Punt the ball. Kick point. If you're in field goal, just take the points. Teams know what you're going to do now. Like, we'll probably go for it. So they there's no... Here's the thing. When you play CSU early on, when you play in non-conference games, teams may not be fully expecting it. But I know it's fun and sexy. Oh, forget the pump. We're going for it every time. But, man, when you're that close, when you're ready to score points, when you have when you leave points on the table, it and then again, my main thing is snowball, a snowball effect occurred here where occurred here, excuse me, where you have the chance to maybe change the outcome of the game. Maybe you still lose 40 to 28, but you probably wouldn't onside kick the one at the very end. And you make Nevada work for it. Maybe your defense holds because the defense did hold at times against Nevada. They forced Nevada to the punt too. Look at third down again. Repeat third down efficiency for Nevada. Three of ten. That's it. There's no saying why couldn't Hawaii made a stop. You're down uh, 30, uh, 33, uh, 28. Boom. You you get up, stop them. Chance for a game winning score. So Hawaii, they're probably going to bowl game. They still have six wins. This is their first conference loss as well. They do have. Next week will be crazy at Fresno State. Then Utah comes. Utah State comes to town. They still have at San Diego State. They might finish just seven and six, which would still be exceed everyone's expectations from the year before. So, all right, I think that's our show tonight, folks. I uh, hopefully I did well going solo. Let me know if I did terrible. I apologize, but I thought I did okay outside of rambling the Aztec Spartans game going play by play. But that game just fascinated me of how close it was and how like the the line for the Spartans looked so good in that game. Aztecs finally broke through, but they were getting after them all the time. But that's all I got for this show here. Hey, I still managed to go about an hour. So kudos, maybe. So I'll give my little little uh, drum roll there, drum little jokey drum drop there. But that's it for our show tonight. So Matt, me and Matt will be back next week. Uh, check us everything at mwwire.com. All your uh, Mountain West stuff needs. Football. We're doing basketball stuff with Eli Betker, who's at Media Day, still rolling out a few articles here and there. 
Um, go check out that Her- Kirk Herbstreit article I put up Saturday morning. It's kind of interesting. A few little nuggets I put in there as well, outside of just hearing the clip. And yeah, check us out. Subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, tune in. We're having record traffic. There's a potential this month, which would be awesome if we could do it. We had a huge, our big month to date was um, when me and Eli were out in Las Vegas for basketball March Madness, where we were, everyone was checking us out. We were the place to be for anything on the, on the Mountain West Tournament that weekend. And we're currently, right now, our second biggest month ever. So if you just listen to podcasts, Go read the website. Go check it out. We're currently there's a chance we can pass our March numbers, which would be huge because those numbers have dwarfed anything ever we've ever done. So I appreciate everyone stopping by, everyone who subscribes, who retweets with us, who argues with us. Yes, we like to fight and argue on Twitter, have fun, but yeah, let's go for it. Have, give us some, have some fun. Tell some friends. Again, t- tune in, Stitcher, Blog Talk Radio, wherever good podcast can be bought and sold for free. We are there. And next time we'll have our whew, weekend preview coming up. And yeah, me and Matt Kennedy will be back and see you, folks.